On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we'll be playing some over-unders, discussing international free agents, and a whole lot more. Let's do this thing. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, January 16th, 2023, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This is Tidane Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the the description below it is mailbag monday today and this is definitely the first time we have tried recording this episode we're going to answer a few questions from you guys uh but before we do we're giving away a 50 dollars mariners gift card to one lucky listener this can be used to purchase tickets or concessions at t-mobile park as well as merch from any mariners team store however for some inexplicable dumb reason, this can only be used in person and not online, but I do have a way to circumvent that. So if you live outside of Washington, you can still enter. Don't fret. If you win, I'll change the prize to a $50 Fanatics or MLB shop gift card instead so we can hook you up with some sweet new Mariners gear. All you have to do to enter is subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching us right now, the subscribe button is right below our faces. If you're just listening, head on over to YouTube.com and type in Locked On Mariners and subscribe. It's totally free. And uh, if you're already subscribed, you're already entered. So you don't have to do anything. Just enjoy the show. That's all. And wait until next week, and hopefully you get picked. Uh, but please consider telling your friends to uh, subscribe as well, or any Mariners fans that you know, even if you hate them, tell them to uh, come on over here. Uh, the deadline to enter is next Tuesday, January 24th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we will then select the winner from our YouTube subscriber list and announce it on next Wednesday's show, which is January 25th. All right. Now that we have that long-winded explanation out of the way, which I've now gone over twice, uh, we've also tried recording this episode four times. Hopefully this works. Hopefully this is the last one. Let's get into these questions. Please, oh please, do not disconnect. All right, Aiden wants to know, thoughts on the Mariners' recent international signings? And, of course, uh, on top of that, we have a question from Dakota who asks, what is one international signing that is underrated or under the radar? Uh, so, yes, yesterday marked the beginning of this year's international free agent signing period for uh, all the young prospects coming out of the Dominican and neighboring countries. Uh, and the Mariners, of course, finally have signed Felden Celestine after what seems to be i think it's been like two years at least that we've been talking about celestine uh, of course you know these handshake agreements between players and organizations happen well you know multiple years in advance before uh, the uh, free agent uh, signing period uh, comes up but uh, celestine is finally a member of the mariners um, farm system and uh, the mariners also added i believe five other uh, international prospects and they're going to be adding two more on tuesday as well according to joe doyle of prospects live uh, so, Colby, your overall thoughts on this free agent class for the Mariners, and um, yeah, who's who's someone that's not Felton and Celestine that we should be keeping an eye on? Oh, I'm, I'm allowed to speak. That that's so nice of you. Four minutes in, but um, <laughs> uh, it's it's my understanding is it's a it's a good class. It's a pretty good class. Um, anytime you can grab a headliner like Felton and Celestine, who was 
either first, second, or third in, in you know, the class, uh, ranked in the class at least, uh, by pretty much any publication you can trust. Um, it, it certainly raises the the floor of your entire class, but there are a few other interesting names here. Um, you know, I think, you know, the two that type, Dylan Wilson and, uh, and Jeter Martinez are certainly really interesting. I know, uh, Joe Doyle likes both of them and has talked both of them up, uh, you know, pretty heavily. So, uh, those are definitely some guys to watch. Uh, I'm really interested by, uh, Sebastian de Andrade, I want to say, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. Um, but, uh, he's a, you know, five foot. 11 catcher with some really good raw power um and, and some seem to think that he has a good shot to stay behind the plate we'll see he's 16 who knows um and that's really the thing with with all these guys it's exciting when you add some fresh new talent into the organization but these are these type of you know signings are far and away the biggest biggest margin of uh error i guess we would say like mm. the the floor on every single one of these guys including celestine is that they never make it to double a right like that's just the the nature of of international free agency these these kids are so young and, and there's so much unknown about them that sometimes they just they they fail and they can't play uh pro ball um and you just end up you know writing a check for for it's a bad investment and that happens um, it happens far more frequently than you find Julio Rodriguez, right? Um, so just keep that in mind. These kids are 16, 17 years old. They have a long way to go. They're probably four or five years away from even sniffing the big leagues. And that's, you know, the really good ones who move pretty fast. Felon and Celestine is probably four or five years away from sniffing the big leagues. And, and he's a really good prospect. He's in my top three uh, Mariner prospects now that he's officially entered uh, the organization. Um, there are a few others here who are, you know, top 30, top 40 types uh, as well, but they are so far away and they have so much room to grow that it's really hard for me to sit here and say, this is a great class. They got three major leaguers, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. They got, they got a lot of talent. They added a lot of talent to their mm -hmm. system and that's really all today. And, and the next few days is all about just raw talent, put it in your system and, and hope for the best. But um, overall, based on what I know about these players, which isn't a ton, um, it sounds like they got a pretty good group. Yeah, when we had Joe on the show a couple of weeks ago, he he talked a lot about Wilson and Martinez. So those are a couple of guys to uh, keep an eye on. I believe that he said both of those guys are fringe top 30 uh, prospects for him uh, right now as of today in the Mariners mm -hmm. system. Um, the other guy that I, I'm really intrigued by is Kendall Meza, who they got out of Nicaragua. Uh, and he's 6'1", 155 pounds, and he's already pumping out mid-90s. Like he's sitting at like comfortably sitting at 93 94 uh and i mean if he's already there at 155 pounds at his age as he starts to age up and he starts to add more weight and starts to really fill into his body where's that velocity going to end up like i, I think we're talking about a triple digit ceiling there now that he's more than likely going to be a reliever uh, with that type of profile um, because really the the thing that he's just got going on for him right now is the fastball and that's mostly it like he's working on you know secondary and tertiary at the moment but um, the the velo the ceiling for the velocity there is really enticing so that's one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on as well um but yeah you know we we don't see these guys personally you know so there's only so much that we can give you we're going off of the same reports that you guys have uh but that's kind of what i'm seeing right now um it's not a lot 
but uh, you know we'll see what happens when these guys start uh, playing down in the DSL uh, this summer, and um, you know we'll see who eventually makes their way stateside and what they do with that. Um, all right, so we got a question here from Stu, who wants to know if you had to pick one position player in the minors that hasn't played in the majors yet that could make a huge jump to the major league roster this year and have an impact, who would it be? Colby, unless I'm missing someone here uh that's obvious here just trying to think on the spot i think the list is Cade marlow and that's the end of the list because you know with the timelines of a lot of the mariners position player prospects it's not going to be a big year for that for for guys uh, making an impact at the major league level and really there isn't a, a ton of uh open pathways for guys to get playing time in Seattle this year, either with just the way the roster is, is constructed. Uh, but Marlowe is somewhat of an exception, but he's also a massive, massive question mark because, you know, they did add him to the 40 man roster. It seems like they do really like him. They added him to the taxi squad for the, uh, for the playoffs. So they seem like he could even contribute potentially in the postseason at some point. Um, but he's got to beat out Jared Kelnick and, and Taylor Trammell this spring in order for him to even make the roster. And while he's, you know, the Mariners minor league hitter of the year and he, you know, provides some really interesting tools, especially defensively and on the base pass, that strikeout rate, the strikeout rates that he's running down on the minors is concerning in terms of how that translates to the major league level. And so uh yeah, you know, I mean, there is definitely the possibility that he is your essentially your version of what the Astros have in Chaz McCormick or, or Jake Myers. It's also possible that he is absolutely nothing, <laughs> you know? So uh, it's not, uh, there isn't one guy in the Mariners farm system, at least that I can think of right now uh, that could make the major leagues at, at some point in 2023 that I'm going, yeah, that, that guy could definitely contribute. It's uh, Cade Marlowe. And, and really that's just a possibility rather than a, a certainty. Um, and then, yeah, really anyone else? I mean, like, there's a couple other guys I can think of that are essentially, like, if they break, if they broke out, they are on the timeline, like, age-wise to make it to the big leagues, like a Zach Deloach, but there is nothing that I've ever seen from Zach Deloach that suggests to me that he's going to even sniff the major league level in Seattle. So, yeah, I think it's right. Marlowe, and that's it. Have you got any significant impact from anybody but Marlowe who fit the criteria of the question? Uh, that would qualify as coming out of nowhere um, because the Mariners just aren't there. The Most of the offensive talent in this organization, um, at least prospect wise is down in, in high a or a ball um, they're coming. I mean, the, there's a good chance that you'll have three or four of them in the year in double a. Um, and, and, you know, maybe there's somebody on the double a roster who takes a big jump and he's, he's on the, on the precipice, you know, and in AAA in August and September, in September, maybe it's it's Tyler Locklear who you know jumps and, and moves to AAA. But to come up to the big leagues and and you know be an impact uh, on your roster, it's just not going to happen offensively. There's some pitchers who fit, fit that mold: Bryce Miller, Taylor Dollard, Emerson Hancock, Isaiah Campbell, Travis Coon. Like there, there's a few pitchers that that could do that for you. But position players who have zero major league experience. I don't think that's happening. And I would be pretty surprised yeah. if even Cade Marlowe came up and, and gave you, you know, one or two wins uh, just based on the, on the strikeouts and stuff like that. So offensively, it's not there. Uh, pitching wise, there, there are a handful of guys. Yeah, there's going to be some really interesting pitchers from Bryce Miller to Isaiah Campbell, et cetera. Like there, there's some guys to talk about there. Just position player wise, not a great year for that. 
I think like really if if anyone is going to fit this criteria outside of Marlowe, it's going to be someone that you end up trading for. Mm-hmm. Someone that you end up picking up off of, you know, waivers or a minor league contract or, you know, someone like that, you know, non-roster invite. Someone like that, but uh yeah, right now in terms of guys in the, in the um uh in the Mariners organization at the moment that uh, are kind of on that timeline age-wise just it's a very, very short list. So we'll see if Marlowe can make it because he definitely has some some interesting uh, upside there. But uh, he's a bit on the older side, so you, you never know. Uh, and with those strikeouts, it's just, yeah, it's a little concerning. All right, we got a few more questions to go over here in just a moment. But once again, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to basketball, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you again for making us your first listen this is the furthest we've made it since we started recording i don't know like 45 minutes ago so fingers crossed this is it folks fingers crossed if if you're watching this episode right now that means we did it so congratulations to us all right let's get back into these questions uh hero wants to know how positive are you that evan white could actually earn his way back to the mlb instead of a tie france injury um not Not super not positive at all uh but i would say this if he does make the major league roster, it's going to be because he earned it. It's not going to be because of a Ty France injury, unless the Ty France injury is also accompanied by a Dylan Moore injury and an Eugenio Suarez injury. And, you know, Colin the, Moran, Colin Moran. Yes. Yes. The, the, there Sam are quite Haggerty. a few guys. There are quite a few guys. Luis that, uh, Terenz, he's not even <laughs> in the organization <laughs> trading for Carlos Santana again. Like, yeah. Evan, yeah. Evan White is, is a pretty far back in the line uh he has to prove he has to prove that he can hit major league pitching consistently or not even hit just make contact with major league pitching consistently that's first he's got to prove he can hit triple a pitching (laughs) yeah that too that too and he's got to prove that he can stay healthy right right uh definitely rooting for him i'm I'm a big evan Mm -hmm. white guy he seems like a, a great dude and and obviously you know like the best like Evan White, relative to his position, might be the best defender of all time. You know, like he might be the best first base defensive player ever. And that's fun to watch. That's really fun to watch. Um, you just can't strike out 40% of the time. Like, doesn't matter how good your defense is at first base, that's not worth it. So um, I'm rooting for him really hard, but right now my ex- expectation is is literally zero. If Evan White comes up and gives you anything this year, it's a huge step uh for him and and a nice bonus for the Mariners, but yeah, he's not, I mean, like if Ty France gets hurt on, on June 1st, knock on wood, and he has to miss three months. Um, if Evan White's sitting 220 with a 35% strikeout rate in AAA, he's not getting called up maybe for a yeah. day or two, but he's not, the Mariners are just going to go get somebody. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not confident. I'm not betting on it at all. I, I just, I'll be pleasantly surprised if, and when it happens. Yeah. It would be cool if it did. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I yeah, I have no faith in that happening right now. I just, I can't, right. I can't. He's given no. me nothing to to put any sort of stock into right now, and some of that is is out of his hands. Some of that is sure. is well within his control. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. really, this is a massive year for him because I think if if right. he does what you said and he's running a two twenty average, striking out thirty five percent of the time down for the Rainiers, he's possibly getting DFA'd. Like he yeah. might be the guy that they DFA when they go acquire the. Ty France, uh, not necessarily right. replacement, but the uh, insurance. You know, <laughs> he's that right. guy. Like I, I would put it this way: like I said, I think he can get. I think he can be a big leaguer, a good one still. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give up on him, but Agreed. I would put it this way: he's closer to getting DFA'd than he is playing in the majors. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Next question comes from Elijah, who asked uh, if you could take one person from a team, past or current but it cannot be from past Mariners teams and place them on the Mariners without having to give anyone back in return. Who would it be and why? Sincerely, a reinvigorated baseball fan because of this podcast. Well, thank you, Elijah, for uh, tuning in, and thank you for your question. Uh, anyone from any team ever that it just doesn't have to be a, a Mariner? Okay, Mike Trout. <laughs> Game over. 2003 Barry Bonds. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> literally pick whoever you think the best player of all time is, add him to the roster, and he'll make it work. So, yeah, it's pretty easy. I, th- question. I, th- I think you needed to add more restrictions <laughs> to, to this question because, yeah, Babe Ruth, like. I mean, do we have to like? Do we have to pick a specific year? Because I mean, that makes it a little more interesting with like the Mike Trout conversation. Do you take like 2012 Mike Trout or 2013 right. Mike Trout or 2018 Mike Trout? Like, it's, it's probably still Mike Trout. And like, are we just <laughs> assuming that that player like his numbers like translate to today's game? Like, if I pick 1927 Babe Ruth, is it like he's going to hit 60 home runs? He's going to hit 340? He's going to do all that? Like, is is that or does he's going to figure out modern day pitching? Right. Yeah. Like, are you giving me that caveat? Because if not, yeah. then yeah, it's probably whatever year you think Trout was at his best. Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, if it's not a Mariner. Like, I thought the question was going to be like, which Mariner player would you put? And it's like 97 Griffey, but yeah, or 96 A Rod, or 2000 mm. Edgar. Like, take yeah, honestly, 96 A Rod. Yeah, I, I was thinking 97 Griffey because of the left-handed element, and you kind of need the lefty in your lineup Le- right now. Le- left-handed element, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, pick whoever you think had the best season of all time, and that's the answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question before we move on. Seattle John wants to know, what will Cooper Hummel, Hummel's role be? Fifth outfielder, backup, or third string catcher, DH? He also played first and third in the minors. Could he back up there? I think you're essentially, if he makes the roster, you're essentially looking at the Austin Nola role for him. He's going to catch a little bit, uh, maybe to have both Murphy and Raleigh in the lineup. He would essentially serve as your backup catcher on those days. Um He'll play some corner outfield, uh, like you said, probably some first. I don't know about third. I've, I've never seen him play third. I don't know if he can play third, to be quite honest with you, so I can't answer that. Um, but, yeah, I think you'll see him play, you know, a little bit of everywhere. Maybe not second base like Austin Nola has, but, like, I, I think you'll see him play pretty much all over the place um, as long as he can hit. Really, that's going to be the big thing for him. If he can hit or if he's just such a good defender that they can't justify sending him down or, like, they they feel that he's... Uh, that's not a thing. Yeah, and that's not a thing. That's, that's um, not going to happen. 
Yeah, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I envision his role being very similar to Nola's, just to answer your question, if he makes I it. I would put it like this. If Hummel is going to make the team, he's going to have to do it as an outfielder who can serve as a catcher if you need him to. Sure, yeah. Like, I don't think the ability to squat behind home plate necessarily has any value to uh, the Mariners right now. Because that's the thing that we also need to keep in mind here, right? He's not a good catcher. <laughs> no, he's he's probably worse than Luis Torrens, if what I'm hearing is true. And and I mean, yeah. like, worse than, like, like, somewhere between, like, he's probably not as bad as, like, early 2021 Luis Torrens. You remember how bad he was behind the plate? Ugh. But, like, that was probably the worst catcher defense I've ever seen, so that's not saying much. He's, like, a solid, like, 35-grade catcher, so... Um, he has to make it as an outfielder. And if it, if it comes down to a, a tiebreaker between him and like Haggerty, um, you know, maybe you value the catching, but really you probably shouldn't unless, unless Tom Murphy's not healthy. If Tom Murphy's shoulder is still an issue, then obviously Hummel's probably the backup right now. Um, but assuming all that is, is fine. You can still DH like the whole idea, like, Oh, well you can't DH a catcher. Like I'm sure you can. It's it's annoying if if you know your catcher gets hurt and you have to use a you know you have to lose the DH for a game, but it, it it's one game and then the next day you call up O'Keefe or you call up Nottingham or or you call up Hummel. So like the idea the that like sure yeah the idea that and by the way can we just sign Luis Torrens to a minor league deal already? Like what is the holdup here? But anyways, I mean you smirk, but like when Tom Murphy goes down and we're trying to pick between Brian O'Keefe, well the Mariners, the Mariners need a new, the Mariners need another reliever, in my opinion. I mean, at I'm least. just saying. So hey, better than Diego Castillo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you that's will right. not besmirch the name of the great DDB on here. I just did. Live I with will it. not allow it. I, I, I will turn this car around. I will. I will. I will end the, the recording <laughs> when he went, gets a win and catches on the same day. Then I will not besmirch him anymore. But honestly, um, Diego, Diego's got the body to catch. <laughs> let's 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 yeah, do it. I'm sure he also has he also has the energy to do it. Yeah, that, sure. Um. Anyways, uh, how, how 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 is Diego going to fare with the pitch clock? <laughs> that is going well. to be that's going to be one of the great storylines of 2023. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to violate it a lot, but uh, yeah, Hummel's got to hit his way onto the team, and it's got to be as an outfielder. I don't think the third catcher thing really adds a ton of value uh, to his profile because he's not good at it. <laughs> like like right. he's a well below average catcher, so he's got to uh, hit. He's got a hit and he's he's like he's he has to show them that he has value in the outfield and mm. to have value in the outfield. You you kind of have to hit. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would be pretty surprised, honestly, if Hummel makes the opening day roster. I'd say it like that. Same. If everything that I have heard and read and seen is true about him, then yeah, he's he's got a lot of ground to make up here in order for him to make the team or something has gone horrifically wrong. <laughs> There's some injuries that we don't even want to think about have happened. Yeah, let's he just uh, good AAA depth. Let's put yeah. it that way. Let's just not think about that and uh, move on instead. But before we do so, and before we go over some uh, over-unders from Daisy and the Dingo, uh, let me remind you about our sponsor for today's show, Built Bar. 
Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, and if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, man, I've got just the thing for you. You gotta try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you, which is perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So Daisy and the Dingo has our final topic for us today. Daisy and the Dingo wants us to go over some of the steamer projections for the Mariners in 2023 and uh, provide some uh, and say whether we're taking the over or the under on them. So let's just go through these. I'm going to leave these up on the screen because what you're looking at is also what we're looking at. And I'm definitely going to need to uh, keep on looking at these to remember all of them. So, Colby, let's start here. 5.9 F4 for one Julio Rodriguez. Over, under. What are you feeling? Uh, over. I'm going to take the slide over as well. I think he ends up like anywhere from six to six and a half. Yeah, feels about right. Cal Raleigh, 23 home runs. Over. I'm taking the over on this. Yeah, yep. I, I think he gets at least 25. If he gets 400 plate appearances, he's hitting 25 home runs. Agreed. 129 WRC plus for Ty France. I'm actually going to take the under on this. Same. I think he's I'm closer gonna, to 120, 125. Yeah, I think he goes like 118, 120, somewhere in that range. Yeah. 25% K rate for Jared Kelnick. I'm going to take the over just because I haven't seen anything to suggest that he can get under 25%. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was Kelnick's strikeout rate last year? Let's see. Just over the course of a full season, like again, that's also assuming that he's going to be up Is he for play a full a whole season. season. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Ooh, let's just making say some that, bold predictions here, are we? Yeah, let, let's assume that he stays up for a full season, even if he does, which would suggest that he's finding some level of success, or again, something that has gone horrifically wrong for this team. Uh, but let's just go with the the positive side of that, and he has fi- he is finding success. I still think there's going to be quite a bit uh, quite a bit of swing and miss in his game. Um, yeah. So I say, like, at the very least, he's probably ended up at, like, 27% K rate, something like that, if I had to guess. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say over. All right. uh, Dylan Moore, 297 at-bats, not plate appearances, at-bats. I believe he only had 205 this past year, and now his role is technically increasing with the team because there's the potential of a platoon with Colton Wong, but uh, I'm going to take the under on this because that's that's a pretty significant uptick, and I don't know if, even if his role actually is expanding, I don't know if if it's going to expand enough where he's going to add – like nearly another hundred at bats at the major league level. 
Yeah, at bats is is kind of the the thing here. Um, because at bat to get to three hundred at bats, you need to play. You need to start probably sixty five games, um, plus whatever you can scrap up. You know, coming off the bench and stuff like that. So I'm going to go under, and I really hope I'm right on this one because <laughs> Dylan Moore is getting three hundred plus at bats. <laughs> I hope it's twenty twenty Dylan Moore. That's all I'm going to say. Colton Wong, 108 WRC plus. So he's hovered around 114, 115 in the last couple of years. Obviously, there's a swing change that coincides with that. All I feel like 108 is a pretty conservative spot for for Colton. I'm gonna go over though. I think he gets to at least 110. I feel like that's pretty much on the nose at 108. Like it might yeah. be 106, it might be 110. Like I, I think it's somewhere in that range. So. Um, I wouldn't bet on, on this one. I would just skip this one, but, uh, since I'm not putting the money down, I'll take the over mm-hmm. slightly, very slight, very slight over. Yeah. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, a 251 over. average over. I'm hammering easiest the over. one. Yeah. Yeah. Hammering, hammering the over. Yep. He hasn't been a sub 260 guy. I don't think for at least like five or six years. I was yeah, looking I don't at the numbers know. earlier today. Like I don't know like what they think they see in his numbers that would project him to lose you know 20 30 points in batting average at the age of 30. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't get it. That's that seems really low. A 106 WRC plus for AJ Pollock. So he was at 92 over. this past year. This is an overall uh WRC plus by the way. Yeah, you're taking the over. I'm taking the over as well. I don't think that he's a sub 100 WRC plus guy. Um, and before Chicago, I mean, he was hanging around the 130s uh, for the you know last couple of years before that. Right. Well, and plus, I'm I'm pretty convinced that Seattle is going to use him properly, which is almost exclusively Agreed. against lefties. So yeah. I think yeah. that's going to help. That's going to help, and I think he's probably a bit better against righties than he was last year because probably. history suggests that he is. So. Right. Well, remember last year he was playing every single day for Chicago. He's playing every just, single day, and also Chicago is just a mess. So, right. Yeah. I yeah. I, I'd be used properly, which I think Seattle's going to set him up to be used the way he should be. I think one ten is is. I don't want to say easy, but I feel like it's one hundred six. Like I, I think you could put it at like one fifteen, and I'd probably still hit the over. All right. Three three four ERA for Luis Castillo. I'm taking the slight under on this. I think he gets around the three two area. I don't like ERA. <laughs> I don't like, like ERA either because it, it leaves so much up to uh, like not necessarily interpretation, but to uh, like there's so many things that are, that could just be out of uh, Luis's control here that could dictate. Yeah, Luis that, so. Luis gives up like two like slow roller swinging bunts, and then the next guy comes up and he. It's what could have been a double play ball, but JP has a bad exchange, and and you can't give you can't assume a double play, so it's not an error. And then there's runners on first and third, and then yeah, you know there's, the guy hits a medium depth fly ball to to left field, and and the guy scores, and all of a sudden he's given up an earned run, and nothing, none of that is is Castillo's fault. Like I don't yeah. like ERA, but um, I'll take the slight over. Okay, like I think um, like three four somewhere in there. I think his FIP will be better than his ERA. You heard it here, guys. Colby thinks that Luis Castillo is going to suck in 2023. Luis Castillo, hey. turns out, mm. is 
Colby's 2023 Dylan Moore. Interesting. You better be careful, Ty, because you know what I'm going to do? When we do our prediction episode, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to predict George Kirby's win Cy Young. I'm going to take that from you. Mm. So Pain. Pain. Be careful. Be careful. The decision that I made watching game three of the ALDS is, uh, and you're just going to steal it from me. All right. Mm-hmm. I see. Keep on right. talking your smack. I see how it is. I'll I know how to hurt that. you. I'll store that in my you. memory banks. Yeah. Yep, I'll remember. All right. Uh, two, two and a half F4 for Robbie Ray. Over. Over. Taking the over. He's gonna, I think he's going to be three, around three. I think Robbie Ray is going to be criminally underrated heading into the regular season. You guys heard it here first. Ty is saying Robbie Ray is going to win the Cy Young for the second time in three years. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Which is great because it gives me room to take Kirby. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Logan Gilbert, 8A4 Ks per nine. That's such a weird spot. I'll take it's about right. Yeah, I'll take the slight over and just say that he'll average a K per nine, like outright. Um, but that's a pretty good spot. I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll take a very slight over on this one. Like you said, if, if we were laying down money, I wouldn't put money on this prop because I feel like that's a really good line. Um, but I would, I, I think Gilbert improves either the changeup or the slider just enough that the strikeout rate goes up a little bit, but I don't think we're ever going to see Logan Gilbert be like a, a 10 K per nine guy. I think he's going to yeah. hover right around eight and a half to nine, somewhere in that range. All right. Last two here. First, uh, 143 innings for George Kirby. Over. Barring injury over, over yeah. hammering the to, over. Yeah. To me, that number is, um, you're betting on an injury. Mm-hmm. which I'm not going to do because if he makes 30 starts, he only has to average five innings per start. Like George yeah. Kirby's going to do that. So over. Yeah. I mean, he had 130 this year. Yeah. Like so. it's not like I, the prop should probably be like 165, 170, somewhere in that range, but whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. These aren't betting odds. These are steamer, but still yeah. I'm looking at them as like betting odds. Last one, Matt Brash, 414 walks per nine. God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope I'm, not. I'm, I'm taking the over. You're taking the over. I'm, oh. I, I'm taking the over. I, I think it's going to be four and a half-ish. I cannot take the over for my boy. I I, 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 I have to take the under here. The a, Brash is going to put up a 4.5 base on ball per nine, but he's also going to have like a 14.5 K per nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his yeah. ERA is going to be like 226 or something like that, but his yeah. FIP is going to be like 389. Yeah, and his, whip, and his whip is going to be over one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like 1.2, and you're just like, oof. Yeah. But he's going to strike out so many guys that like he'll like every, every outing, he'll walk one in an inning, and then he'll strike out two. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll I'll say that he out. ends up in the I'll say that he ends up in the three seven three eight range because I I just I can't I can't talk yeah. that I can't talk that about Matt Brash. I'm sorry. I think if Matt Brash has a three seven based on ball per nine, he's like a one and a half to two win reliever. Yeah, he might be like pushing for all star votes at that point. I like, mean, if if Brash basically if Brash does everything he did last year, but he cuts his walk rate down to like three seven. He's probably the best reliever in this bullpen, which considering you have Andres Munoz is pretty high honor. Yeah, agreed. And now our faces are back. Uh, But that is going to do it for our show. So goodbye, folks. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. 
to the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnote, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and tell everyone you know who loves the Mariners to subscribe so they can enter for a chance to win a $50 Mariners gift card or, again, if you are outside of the state of Washington, a $50 Fanatics or MLB shop gift card uh thank you again for making us your first listen now make your second listen locked on mlb prospects host lindsey crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow it's free and, and available wherever you get your podcast just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you on wednesday peace